Hello and welcome to Baby Talk on ABC Radio. And today we're taking a look at why something called tummy time is so important for your baby. This is Baby Talk with Penny Johnston on ABC Radio. There are very few must-do activities I like to promote on Baby Talk as I feel that we all find our middle ground about what our baby is happy enough to do and what suits us as parents. And what you think might be really important might not have been a priority for me. But tummy time is something that's not just a life changer. It's something you absolutely should spend time with your baby working on. Emma Armstrong is a paediatric physiotherapist in private practice in Sydney. And I really wanted to talk to her because she's written an article about the importance of tummy time something we're all told to do as new parents, but one of the things that I found really difficult. I had a baby who did not enjoy being plonked on his belly ever, but I was so worried about his head going flat from being on his back all the time, I kept persisting. But this was not an easy activity. Emma, it's great to have you on Baby Talk, but can you tell us, as a paediatric physiotherapist, how early do you start seeing babies? So in hospitals, sometimes right from day one, babies are seen by physiotherapists. So they'll sometimes, if they come out with a leg that's turned inwards, they'll get casted for that to help with the positioning. But in my clinic, generally from a couple of months old is when parents will generally bring their babies in to see me uh, when they sort of notice that something's not quite right. And are you mainly working with children and babies who are not meeting up with standardised development or movement goals? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, parents will sort of think, oh, I mean, quite frequently it'll be, oh, they're not they're not walking. That'll be a big red flag. They'll be 18 months and not walking or, you know, they'll go and see their early childhood nurse or their GP and they'll say, look, you know, really, they should be doing this or that by this age. So you need to go and see a physio. So, yeah, it'll be generally movements such as crawling and walking. Sometimes, you know, they can't sit. Uh, that'll be another sort of red flag. For the earlier age group, it'll be because they can't turn their head one way or they're getting a flat spot on their head they'll often be sort of prompts for parents to to sort of look into something to see what's going on and do you get good results with working with children or little babies because you can't send them home and make them do their exercises can you (laughs) no no that's right so it's all about educating parents it's a lot of positioning playing games and the earlier you start the easier it is so I kind of get quite frustrated when someone will come to me and they go oh look we were worried about this several months ago but everyone kept on saying it'll be all right that it'll be all right and I think oh gosh but now our, our job is so much harder it would have been much easier to start a few months ago so what is it you actually do with babies as a physiotherapist yeah it's it's sort of a lot of games sometimes we do a bit of stretching particularly for the very young babies but once they sort of reach a few months old, then they come become quite resistant to being stretched. So that's sort of not such an easy, easy line to take. If you're worried, come earlier rather than later. Yeah. And, you know, and I always say to parents, it's easier to come in and for us to say, everything's fine than to kind of come in several months later and go oh gosh you know okay we've got a bit of work to do here it's going to take a while so yeah it's we much prefer to say hey 
your child's doing beautifully, so yeah, you don't, don't worry go, about it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is it hard to find a physiotherapist that specialises in paediatrics? Yeah, there's not many of us around. And, you know, particularly when I come to recruit the staff, it's very hard to find paediatric physios. So it can be hard to, to find them. Most hospitals will have paediatric physios, particularly the big children's hospitals will have a paediatric physio clinic there. So I certainly can access through the hospital system. In the private system, it's a, a lot harder to find. The reason that we really wanted to talk to you is out of all the lists of things that you get as a new parent that you're supposed to do with your baby, one of the things Mm. that I found really hard was tummy time. And I just had this baby that did not want to go on his tummy. And if I hadn't been mortally terrified of him having a really flat head, Mm. (laughs) I I would not have persisted. It was very tricky. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it it can be really hard. Some babies just really, really do not like it. So I guess the our job is to to try and find a way to make a baby comfortable on their tummy, um, and find out the reason why they don't want to be on their tummy. So sometimes, you know, if a baby's got really bad reflux, they really do not like being on their tummies. Okay. So what what's the reflux doing to them on their tums? It just seems to be that when they're on their tummies that it just all their stomach contents, I guess, sort of just come up a little bit oh. further. And so it can be quite uncomfortable burning sensation, I guess, for them, just like when we have reflux. And for other kids, it can be just that they're actually really weak. And so just like I wouldn't want to go out tomorrow and run a marathon because I'm not strong enough. <laughs> you know, the babies kind of go, hey, look, I don't want to be on my tummy because this is really hard work and I don't feel strong enough. So their way of letting you know that is obviously through crying and and sort of being unsettled in those positions. Now, why is it important that babies spend time on their tummy? Because they're not supposed Mm. to sleep on their tummies, but why do they need to be on their tummies? Yeah. So as you said, one important reason is that it helps with that head shape because children should be slept on their backs now because of SIDS. It is important that they have that break from being flat on their on their backs because we do see a lot of flat heads these days. Really? Does it really make their heads flat? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and man. particularly in the sort of in that early phase when they haven't got the muscle strength to hold their heads in the middle, their head will sort of fall to one side. Generally, it will keep falling to the same side. And so we'll see sort of that flat spot develop on one side of the head at the back. Yeah, so putting them on their tummy helps to alleviate that a little bit. It also helps strengthen through their shoulders, which then sets off a whole chain of development for them. So it's quite interesting when you read in detail all the little tiny reactions, I guess, that are set off by them being on their tummy from changing the position of their pelvis and their hips uh, to strengthening through their tummies and their backs and through their hip muscles, strengthening through their shoulders. And eventually we want them to be getting up onto their hands and knees so that then they can crawl on their hands and knees because the crawling helps develop so many things, as I said, sort of that muscle stability through their shoulders, hips and their abs and their back, but also helps the two sides of the brain to work together. So then children will end up more coordinated as they get older. It helps with their eye movements. It assists with learning. And it also helps with the development with their eyes. So not only getting their eyes moving together, but also the focusing on an object that's at about arm's length. Oh my goodness. So not only the dire risk of having a flat head, but Mm. (laughs) you're going to do all these other terrible things if you don't do tummy time. Well, you know, yes. I mean, 
it's it's sort of one of these funny things that when we if you said you know if you don't crawl then all these bad things are going to happen to you you can't say that but when we look backwards we can say okay your child is having difficulty with they're reversing their letters when they're writing in kindergarten or year one year two and we look back and it's like okay you didn't crawl and we sort of see a general pattern of things so they can't skip their eye movements aren't particularly good they're reversing letters so there's sort of like a cluster of issues that go along with it but you know you look at someone for example like my husband he didn't apparently didn't crawl as a baby did you know (laughs) this before you married him no i didn't know this And he said it the other day, and I said, "You what? You didn't oh, crawl?" No. And he goes, "Yeah, I've told you that before." And I said, well, "No, no, I don't no, remember. That, yeah, that would have been a deal breaker, I think." Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you know, you look at him, and he was an elite runner, so he oh. went to Can- Canberra and and ran, and was sort of in a talent squad for the 2000 Olympics. Oh, He's, drats, okay. You know, there goes that um, theory. Yeah, you know, he's an amazing, he did maths at university, he's got amazing handwriting. I sort of thought it was odd the first time I saw him brush his teeth and he used his left hand and I was like, why are you brushing your teeth with your left hand? You're supposed to, you're right-handed, you're supposed to use your right hand. There's sort of all things as as physios we go, no, you always have, if you're right-handed, you have to use your right hand for everything and and. Uh, so forth. So, you know, I look at him and if I had seen him as a baby, I would have said, oh, he probably won't be a great sportsman or he may have handwriting difficulties. But obviously, you know, he's gone against the grain and he's turned out just fine. So (laughs) (laughs) it's always good to know you're giving hope to some mothers out there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, ideally, yes, we would love babies to have tummy time. It does as I said before, like there are so many kids that we look back at their developmental history and we go, look, you know, if you had been, if you'd seen a physio back then, had strengthened up, you wouldn't sort of be having the same sorts of issues that you're having now. And it's not just the difficulty with, say, those letter reversals, but it can be things like difficulty sitting still at school. And then they start to be labelled as ADHD. And it's like, well, you know, do you really have ADHD or do you just actually have difficulty sitting still because your muscles aren't strong enough because you've never actually learned to use those muscles that help you stay still? So in a retrospective point of view, I guess that we see those issues come through. Even though we've found that your husband is the big exception to the rule and uh, you know, obviously there will be exceptions to the rule, it's still, yeah. tummy time is still worth parents persevering with. It is, yeah. And I think that, as, as I said before, it's sort of figuring out that reason, well, why don't they like that tummy time? Is it because there is weakness? And if there is weakness, then the best thing for them is to be put on their tummy and to be strengthening uh, because that will definitely cause problems in the future. If it's reflux, then that time will pass and that will start to improve as they get older and the sort of the sphincters around the gastrointestinal tract strengthen. You don't get so much reflux or medication, whatever path you choose to go down for the reflux. But what is the reason why they're not liking that tummy time? Is it just the position that you've, you're doing it in? Are you putting them on the floor and going, okay, you know, enjoy it. And, you know, they feel lost and lonely yeah. because they're staring at this floor. Where's mum and dad? And so there's a few tricks that you can do to make it a little bit more pleasant for them. If your baby does have reflux, would you time mm. tummy time for when their tummy's 
a bit more empty. That's right. So giving them tummy time before a feed rather than after a feed. Obviously, if they wake up starving, then that's quite hard. And, you know, I've got a, a four-month-old baby and it's like, okay, yeah, oh, I've just fed, you know, he's woken up, he's really hungry. I've just fed him. Okay, now I've got to wait a bit before I put him on his tummy because otherwise he's just going to throw everything up. So, you know, and then you go, oh, hang on, now he's really tired and I haven't done tummy time. Oh, okay, all right well, let's try next time that he's awake. So, you know, it can be tricky to, to fit that in in the time, particularly as newborns when they're only awake for such a short period of time. But there's other tricks that you can do, such as elevating them so that it sort of helps everything sort of stay down in this. Gravity basically helps everything stay in their stomach a little bit better. So on a sort of a slight incline, so with their, their yeah, heads up yeah, a bit? Yeah, that's right. And I think that mum's chest or dad's chest is a really nice way to do that. So you can sort of sit back against, like lean back against the couch with your bottom sort of towards the front of the, the seat and sort of have them just resting on you, on their tummy. Almost, They can almost be vertical at first if it's such an issue and then just gradually sort of lower yourself over time so that they're sort of in a more horizontal position rather than that vertical position. Gee, that is a way that a baby would really enjoy tummy time, I reckon. Yeah, that's right, because then they've got the closeness to mum or dad as well, so they feel, you know, that nice connection. Obviously, if they've got that reflux or even the weakness in in their arms, that it's not such a struggle for them. Putting some interesting things down in front of them to reach out for? Yeah, so as they get a bit older and they've got better control, they can sort of lift their head up nicely. So around that four or five month age, you want to start putting some things in front of them. You know, sometimes we read books to them or just something nice and sparkly for them to to look at and, and stay interested. If you have been gazumped by the baby that sort of cries and wriggles and fusses mm-hmm. and rolls themselves over on tummy time, have you got any yep. advice on sort of trying to force it through a bit? Yeah, so the rolling accidentally sort of comes into play at about three, four months and that's actually them learning to shift their weight from one side to the other, which is important for them to then learn how to crawl. And by shifting their weight like that, they actually learn a lot of balance reactions. So it's even... it can be quite frustrating when you put get them on their tummy and then they roll themselves off and you're like oh come on you know <laughs> I've just you know gone to this effort of doing this yeah. and you're just getting yourself out of it they're actually learning through that process so at first yeah it'll be that accidental roll as they get bigger then they'll able to do that rolling on their own but by about seven months they should be quite happy to sort of stay on their tummy and they'll it'll sort of almost be their preferred position than being on their back well especially if it's a sort of precursor to getting around crawling Mm. Have you got an idea of how long, how often you should be doing tummy time from newborns up to crawlers? So, I mean, every kid is different on how much they will tolerate. So... I'd kind of generally say, look, every time they've got that wake time from the early years, pop them on their tummy just once during that wake time. They may last a minute, you know. Yeah. And you think, well, was that really worth it? And you go, well, yeah, it is worth it. So I wouldn't want to go out and run a marathon tomorrow, but hey, I could go out and run a kilometre tomorrow. And maybe in a few weeks I could try two kilometres and build my way up. But in, and it's, it's the same principle for a baby. You don't want to put them on their tummy and go, okay, you're going to do 10 minutes today. And like, here we go. <laughs> Clock started because they're just going to hate it and you're going to get stressed and they're going to be stressed and it's all just going to be a disaster. So gauge how happy and well your baby is coping 
with that tummy time and you'll notice that though that minute will sort of gradually stretch out as they get bigger and stronger. If your baby is really really struggling with tummy time is that cue to go and investigate what else might be going on and find a physiotherapist or just take them to your GP? Yeah, I think go and see the the early childhood nurse, see a physio, talk to your GP. I think that if you can see a physio, that's great. But I guess that in some areas that's not always available. Definitely worth getting it checked. And there's some really easy things that we can do. You know, as I sort of mentioned before, just even cuddling them in a certain position certain position but sometimes you know there's a few little props and things like that that we can use to make it a bit easier should you avoid tummy time too close to sleep time for little babies is that queuing them up to want to do that dangerous sleeping on their tummies i don't think so i i don't think that there will be they would tend to be more just not able to cope with being on their tummies mm. if it was close to sleep time just because they would be so tired. So I don't think that it would sort of, I think it would just unsettle them more rather than make them more likely to fall asleep on their tummy. The really new babies, it's just a couple of minutes at yeah. a time. Yeah, that's right. You know, And as I said, sort of in those really early days, it's just the cuddling up in, in mum and dad's arms in that sort of slope backwards position. It's not really even putting them just straight down on the whatever surface to to be on their tummy. Mm. Since you've got your own four-month-old, do you have any other hints for newborns that we really need to know about? Turning the head one way is a another really big thing. Sometimes people leave not realising that it's an issue. Is that Does that sort of relate back a bit to tummy times? It does a little bit, but more it's because it's sort of also linked to the whole SIDS sleeping them on their back issue because they're on their backs and they will generally be put on their backs one position in the cot so people don't always think to turn them around in their cot just so that they start looking out the other way but it can also just be through people wanting to carry their tend to carry their babies one position yeah. all the time that's and how so they go down and that's into how they, the cot and and yeah and just carried around the house and things like that that they'll sort of always find it really hard to carry my baby in my right arm because I carry him in my left because I'm right-handed so then I can do stuff with my right mm. hand and you know I remember when I was first working in peds before I had I had my first baby and I used to say to parents you know it's really important that you carry them in in each arm so that they get you know equal <laughs> movement and things and I just then after I had my first I was like oh gosh, I can't believe that I ever told parents to do that because that's really, really hard because, you know, you've got to cook dinner and you've got to do this or that and be holding them in the other arm and you can't always do everything with your non-dominant hand. So there's a few different factors, I guess, that lead to that that head turn and some really simple things that you can do to fix it. Again, you know, there's often just really simple solutions and sometimes in that sort of blur of early motherhood, you don't think outside the square sometimes and see those other options. So you should really be conscious of switching sides that you hold them as well as switching sides Mm. that they face in the cot. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And if you can't hold them in the other arm, then doing things so that... you put their toys on one side so that they'll be encouraged to turn their head to that side if they're struggling. As I said before, turning them in the cot so that they look at you uh, when you enter the room from the other side that they're finding it harder to turn to. Some really, really simple things. Making sure that they move well is just so important because it really sets them up for being able to function well in whatever setting they're in. So, you know, whether it's preschool, being able to sit quietly with their legs crossed and listen to the story through 
through to sitting at school on a chair and being able to focus on what the teacher is saying because we find that kids that don't have that good control in their bodies can't concentrate on on the learning tasks so yeah really basic stuff can have a really big effect i suppose that also goes with handing baby sings on one side or the other side to try to make sure that you're alternating it so they get that cross-brain mm, connection. Mm. I had to laugh because when my when our son was a couple of days old, my husband was putting his left hand on his right knee and all this sort of stuff. He's <laughs> like, right, you know, he's going he's gonna to have these good brain connections and things like that. Oh, and, yeah, from and, the guy that didn't crawl. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I just, oh, I just laughed. So, yeah, it's quite funny. It's lots of fun to play with. I know that babies are supposed to be ambidextrous and grab things with one hand or the other. I had one of those who was left from the moment, mm. never took anything with his right hand ever, yeah. no matter how much I forced it. Because you, you do get some babies that are just sighted, really, aren't they? They are, yeah. And my first bomb was like that. He was right-handed right from the start. And it's like, okay, well, that's really clear. And that's fine. And, you know, we, we sort of start to get concerned if by the age of three we're not seeing a dominant hand come through. And it, sort of that true ambidextrous ability is very rare. And often we see kids that have very poor skill in both hands because they're using sort of left hand for some skills and right hand for some skills. So at three, they should really have that dominant hand established. Oh, is that you getting down on the floor to check? So it's by three years, three years of age, your baby is supposed to have picked a side. Emma Armstrong is a paediatric physiotherapist in private practice in Sydney, and she's right in the thick of things with her own four-month-old, so she knows exactly what you're up against. If you would like to listen to this tummy time interview again or share the podcast with a friend, sharing is easy from iTunes and from the ABC Listen app. There's a share this podcast button, which means that you can email it or even text a link to a friend. And if you enjoy podcasts, these holidays are a great opportunity to share the love why don't you let your friends and family into the secret of listening to podcasts do you know there's still a lot of people who've heard of podcasts but don't know how to download one on their phone or listen on their computer and this way you can let them into some of our other great baby talk podcasts like this one where we spoke to Australian Birth Stories podcaster Sophie Walker and then had an epidural and then two hours of pushing and then forceps and then I hemorrhaged and yeah so it was a complete whirlwind and I just wasn't emotionally or mentally prepared for how that was going to go and classically my my mum and my sister were in the room and my husband and my mum ran out of the room crying because Nico came out blue and was unresponsive so she runs out of the room and says to my stepfather it's a boy but he's not breathing so it was quite I mean everything picked up within kind of a couple of minutes everyone came good and everything was managed but it was a complete shock to the system really or the marvelous maggie groff and her mrs groff's mischievous book of motherhood management i heard one day mothers being this was on on a certain radio station which shall be nameless mothers being blamed for you know from everything from climate change and the heavy traffic in adelaide and i'm thinking how did you make that leap how does how does it get that that far that you feel safe in blaming us but it's not only the blame it's the images that are shown to us too these women who are photographed in bikinis 2 hours after they've given birth and they're perfect shape in a, a fabulous bikini without any stains on it and there's not a baby in sight great podcasts that are so much fun to share with other parents I'm Penny Johnston, and I'll see you next time on Baby Talk. 
ABC Baby Talk is a weekly podcast on ABC Digital Radio, wherever you get your podcasts and on the ABC Listen app. Like us on Facebook to find out as soon as a new episode is ready. Just search for ABC Baby Talk. Give it back to the birds and the bees and the V and Down with eyes, romantic and stupid. Down with size, down with Cupid. Brother, let's stuff that dove down with love. Down with love, the flowers and rice and shoes. Down with love, the root of all midnight blues. Down with things that give you that well-known pain. Take that moon and wrap it in cellophane. Down with love, let's liquidate all its friends. Roses and rainbows ends Down with songs that moan About night and day Down with love, yes, take it away, away Take it away Take it away Give it back to the birds And the bees and the Viennese Down with eyes, romantic and stupid Down with size, down with Cupid Brother, let's stuff that dove Down with love Down, down, down 